Dr. Judy Lamin, medical doctor, businesswoman, Chancellor of the University of the Witwatersrand and founding chairman of Mbegani Group. She joins us today on the podcast to talk about leadership. I am Nangzebo Vukile Mackenzie. Welcome. Dr. Judy Lamini, an esteemed businesswoman, an author, somebody that I respect a lot in terms of her contribution to business and also just in terms of her contribution to bodies of work as regard leadership. Dr. Lamini, thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Uh, thanks for having me. So you wrote the book, Equal But Different. Um, I was lucky enough to be part of the launch of the book, Equal But Different, where you really spent a lot of time focusing on women leaders how they've gained and how they've maintained success in their respective fields can we reflect on that because we hear so many stories about negative stories about women leaders and women in leadership it's always wonderful to just hear the more positive stories but also to hear how they maintain it's it's hard to get to the top but to stay at the top i think would be even harder can we reflect on that uh, thanks very much, Nungabo. Uh, Firstly, thanks for contributing to the success of the launch uh, in Devon. Um, why I wrote the book in the first place, uh, it's just how I learned a lot in the field when I was uh, doing a thesis looking at women leaders, how they get to the top and the challenges that they encounter especially with the different social identities because women are not a homogeneous group. Uh, so um, th the wisdom that I got from the field made me realize that I have to share this with uh, my peers across gender, race, and uh, also generation uh, so that they can learn from the women's struggles but also from their successes. And what were the common denominators in them being successful? Or how it is that some of these things we assume that, you know, what it takes for anybody. Like when we drive the equality agenda, we tend to create the impression that by equalizing, we say it takes the same amount of effort, it takes the same amount of work for anybody to reach a certain level. But the reality is not that. When we drive the equality agenda, it's not saying that it is, when we're saying we're evening the playing field, it doesn't mean that it still takes the same. There's this picture um, that shows women and men at the starting line and they're all wearing suits and the man is literally just going to sprint ahead. And then they show in this image the woman first jumping over nappies and then jumping over laundry and then jumping over cooking dinner and then jumping over, you know, so, um, society stereotypes and then jumping over so many more hurdles before she can actually say she's sprinting. But we tend to, especially in the workplace, we tend to say we've even the playing field so everybody's equal, so everybody just shoot your best shot, whereas in reality it's not that way. So what were the common denominators? What helped the women from a leadership perspective in terms of the qualities they possess, in terms of the enablers that were in their spaces, in their various industries that made it possible for them to reach the pinnacle of their success? Uh, you raise a very important point, Nongabo, uh, in terms of equity. You know, leveling the playing field uh, means different things to different people. I looked at women according to race, and I also looked 
that social class because I wanted to address that that very important point. Mm-hmm. It might be easier for a white middle class woman to reach the top. And uh, what's important there is easier because as long as you are a woman, it's harder for you. That is generic uh, everywhere in the world. But when you have one social identity of privilege, you are better off. And in this case, it's white, which is the race, and also middle class. Mm -hmm. Now, take an African woman from Gangnagubana, which is a rural space, who's actually gone through rural schools Mm -hmm. and went to the previously disadvantaged university. It's so much harder for that woman. But if we were to look at women generically, uh, they all have to work harder to achieve just recognition and also to be promoted. Now, if you look at the sample of women that uh, I interviewed for my thesis and also for the book, Almost invariably, it's African women that would have an MBA, that would have a PhD, because they had to work that much harder to prove themselves. Mm -hmm. Secondly, they took much longer to reach that leadership position, and they had to work that much more to prove themselves once they had that leadership position, whereas white Africans um, actually would have maybe a junior degree Mm -hmm. and uh, they would be fast-tracked much quicker than an African and they would have it much easier. They would have credibility Mm -hmm. in the boardroom because they present as white. They Mm -hmm. present more often than not as middle class because as you may recall in this country race alone determined your social class. Mm-hmm. So those were the differentiators. And it's quite interesting that when you look at the different races within the African spectrum, uh, it was easier for Indians. And we know how. Why? Because their education system was much better. And uh, the colors, uh, colored Africans, they are closer to uh, the African group in terms of the difficulty in ascending. You know, one of the things that just from reading different pieces um, seems to emanate when we talk about women in leadership, there are many great stories of women who have helped other women succeed and who have, through their own experiences, tried to make it easier for other women and tried to be enablers for other women. On the other end, though, there are many women who say they owe their success to having male sponsors because the male voice is stronger. The male voice is more credible in the workplace. And they say, were it not for a certain male who believed in me, who showed that he supported me and who led the way for me, things would have been that much harder. And there are also women who say they would have gotten further were it not for women who actually made it harder for them because they did not see the need to make it easier for somebody else. Sort of a narrative of if it was hard for me, you also need to go through your paces. It will make you stronger. It will be whatever it is you know, that they provide as a justification. But there are a lot of women who tell a story of, I would have not succeeded were it not for this man who was a, my sponsor in the workplace. And perhaps if I had not been under 
this woman, I would have gotten further because she made it that much harder. Did you get any evidence of that in, in your research? Oh, definitely. Uh, it's quite a mixed bag. And there's a reason for that, because one, the starting point is that we live in a patriarchal society. Mm-hmm. What that means is that even as women, we are socialized to believe that you are less than men. Mm-hmm. And as a result, we don't see, sometimes, we don't see women as equal to any leader. We see a woman, therefore she's less. Because of the stereotypes that society social uses to socialize uh, human beings mm-hmm. anywhere in the world, it takes someone who's conscious of those blind spots mm-hmm. because you have blind spots because of the indoctrination that you are less because you are black. You have blind spots because of the indoctrination that you are less because you are a woman. So it takes someone who's self-aware and who's also conscious of the blind spots that we are dealt with at birth. Uh, and that person then goes out of her way to actually lift as she rises. That's the first point. Mm-hmm. The second point is that as a woman, when you are given a position, mm-hmm. there is an expectation that you are going to fail. So as a result of that, you become very conscious of what you do, who you support, because in business, when you bring someone on board or promote someone, it becomes your problem. It's that person that you brought on board. Mm-hmm. Whereas men have nothing to prove, you mm-hmm. know? They can sponsor you, and when you fail, they'll say, look at how brilliant Mr. So-and-so is, and she lost an opportunity that she was given. Mm. Whereas if it's Judith Lamini who brought that person, it's like, what did you expect? These women are incompetent, And obviously, they'll bring other people that are incompetent. Mm. So at the core of the challenges that are faced by women, it's a patriarchal system that we are always grappling with. And we respond to it differently, depending on your context. You've gone on to write another book, The Other Story. And this book focuses on African achievers. I I really loved that because when they're identified in individual spaces, it's sometimes not easy to understand and to really get a, a full picture of the excellence that we possess in South Africa on the greater African continent. So to see it condensed into one body of work is really encouraging and some of the the backgrounds that some of the the people that you profiled in the book come from and how they've been able to triumph and really, really excel is is really, really amazing. It's really, really inspiring. But I wonder, why did you want to focus on excellence in the African context? Why not just limit it to the South African context? Um, You know, one of the things I grapple with every day in Nongambo is just how the narrative is always about the prejudice against the African person, the African child. Mm -hmm. And yet, there is the other story, Mm -hmm. which is the success of the African child in spite of all the odds. And you, you know, when you tell somebody at birth that you are less, 
you tell them throughout their life that you will amount to nothing. They actually, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. When all the books you see are about the success of the white person and the failure of the African person, you start believing it. And the more we write the other story, which is true, the more we show the mirror uh, to an African child to say, this is who you can become. You have what it takes to succeed. Yes, you will work harder. You might take longer, but guess what? It is so worth it because when you succeed, so many people are inspired by your success. And if you look, I didn't do history uh, because it didn't make sense to me even at that young age. I didn't care about what happens in Europe at that age. I wanted to know about my continent, my people. Mm-hmm. And if you look at that, then you actually see. Uh, just the, the vacuum when it comes to Africa as a continent. You know, I remember at the airport uh, one time when I was coming from overseas mm-hmm. and you have these, um, you know, at uh, immigration where it's actually South Africa and African countries mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, some brothers from the, the north of Africa laughing and saying, So South Africa is not in Africa. Mm -hmm. We were raised to think that we are not in Africa. Mm -hmm. And we need to change that. We need to see ourselves Mm -hmm. as an economic block, as a block of humanity, which is grounded in Ubuntu. And the more we tell stories of an African child in Nigeria, Babatunde, an African child in Uganda, Kevin, and so forth, is the more we'll see the similarities in humanity and the struggles that we have to deal with. I love that, the similarity in humanity. And and when you reflect on their individual journeys and their individual stories, what were the common denominators that you, when you sat down and you reflected on what they stand for, when you reflected on their journeys, when you reflected on what they've been able to achieve? And what's always important is sustaining the, the success that you achieve. And when you look at how they've managed to do that, despite all the challenges, the prejudices, the limitations, all of it that they might encounter, what were the common denominators that set them apart? It's very interesting, Nongnabo, because almost invariably they had integrity mm-hmm. in terms of how they were raised. They had respect for self, respect for the families that they came from, mm-hmm. and respect for the communities that nurtured them. They worked very, very hard. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at the first chapter, uh, where I cover the late uh, Ali Mufaruki from Tanzania, may his soul rest in peace. He says, you know, the recipe for success is hard work, hard work, hard work. Work so hard till your, you know, your hands start to chip off because you're working that hard. Um, he says there is an element of luck but uh, no one knows if you're going to be lucky or not. Uh, so it's a half mm. uh, thing, if you like. Uh, so you you can rely on it. But he says it would be arrogant of me 
to think that all the success that I've had is only because of my own uh, doing. So some humility is required and you put that to luck, a higher uh, being that watches over you, being ready, being uh, ready at the right time, uh, you know, to succeed. But also integrity. He says, your word is your honor. Mm-hmm. People should be able to trust you with their ideas. Mm-hmm. They should be able to trust you with the task that they give to you. So you have to be trustworthy. You need to respect yourself and others. Integrity. Um, for historical reasons, there is a lot of mistrust in, in Africa. There's a lot of mistrust in our capabilities. There's a lot of int- mistrust in our capacities. And it's not just external as well. It's within as well. We don't trust. There's, there are certain perceptions. As you say, the biases that we have inherited and the biases that we continue to cultivate, almost the, the mistrust in an African's capabilities, almost ingrained. And the integrity aspect always is questioned as well. And I I find it interesting that one of the common denominators that you identified was integrity. Did you find that they felt all these excellent, amazing, great African men and women, did you find that in as much as you identified integrity as something that they all, you know, had as a common denominator and as something that they felt was of great value, did you find that they felt that they needed to prove that more? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Uh, They had to prove that uh, throughout, from the young age to being successful business people, uh, I guess till death, you know. Uh, Ubabu Richard Mabonya talks uh, about how uh, he had all the the challenges and the hurdles put in front of him uh, whenever he tried to do this and the other. And, you know, I would love young people to read that account mm-hmm. of Ubawa Richard Maponya because it's easy, if you don't know our history, to assume that Ah, Africans are just lazy, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, they, why do you get uh, guys from the continent coming and be prepared to sell in the streets and this and that and the other? And yet, this was deliberate. Mm-hmm. They actually, when I say they, I mean the apartheid government mm-hmm. would decide what you can sell in your shop from Monday to Friday and what you can't sell over weekends. How crazy is that? That over weekends is when people do their washing. But guess what? Shops in the township were not allowed to sell certain things. And washing powder and soap was one of those. No. So if you do, I'm telling you. Is that where it comes from? Exactly. So we were... They took our hands, put them behind our backs, and tied them. Now, to then think where we are today is because that's how we're born is so far from the truth. Unless our history shares these uh, encounters, you know. So, I, I really believe one of the most important things that as Africans, no matter where we are in the world, we need to inculcate in our children 
is where we come from and the deliberate erasure of what we've been told we are and are capable of and the active process of telling us what we can be and who we are because we are mighty like any person in the world and we have everything it takes to succeed but where we are today is not because we are failures but it's because of the west coming to steal from us and keeping that loot even to this day and then telling us that we are nobodies <laughs> it doesn't help if we fulfill this that self prophecy by being corrupt leaders mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. by doing exactly what our oppressors did because if we take over leadership and do exactly what was wrong about the illegitimate leadership that we have we have not succeeded what a white person got away doing we can't and actually people choose to forget those white persons mm -hmm. indiscretions and corruption and they say you see it's black it's the blackness in them that mm -hmm. makes them corrupt and yet if you go back to our roots ubuntu is integrity ubuntu is caring for the next person making sure that everyone is okay so that we are all okay that's not the western culture the western culture i have to be beat you mm -hmm. you there's ranking mm -hmm. i have to be number one mm -hmm. and in our society that is not how we were raised if you go back in time so civilization in my view is ubuntu that is the core of what african belief system is about dr lamini thank you so much it, it has been very insightful having this conversation because it goes to the essence of what leadership is in as much as we're drawing from the lessons and the insights from the books that you have written you've also shared some very important insights and as as you say ubuntu if we were to go back to that and sort of inculcate those african values not even as a starting point to leadership but just as a starting point to daily human interaction and we were to go back to that just in terms of the regard we hold for others in terms of the regard we hold for ourselves the regard in terms of what or rather in relation to what we commit ourselves to i think it would be such a good starting point to return but in that return to start a new chapter in terms of who we are how we operate and how we make our mark in the world so thank you very much for your time and thank you very much for those insights thanks very much for the opportunity to stay well thank you Dr. Judy Lamini, author of Grow to Be Great, Awesome African Achievers, Equal but Different, Women Leaders' Life Stories, Overcoming Race, Gender and Social Class, and her latest book, The Other Story, A Fireside Chat with African Achievers. Thank you, Dr. Lamini, and thank you for listening.